Okay, awesome. Well, Lulu, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're incredibly excited to have you. Um, so tell me a little bit about your dental practice now. What do you enjoy about uh, working in the dental field? Yeah, well, thank you for having me here. I definitely enjoy and sharing my passion for dentistry. Um, as the owner of Sahara Modern Dentistry, I just really love sharing about people's oral health. You know, I want to consider my office the center of wellness. And so we really focus on not just like keeping you your teeth pretty, but really keeping you healthy because that's an aspect that a lot of people don't know about is your whole overall health has to do a lot with your oral health. Yeah. So that plays into everything. Yeah. Well, we'll get into more details about that throughout the show, but let's let's learn a little bit more about you. So where'd you grow up? I'm from Portland, Oregon. Shout out Blazers. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up there my whole entire life. I was born in Thailand. I was a refugee in Thailand because of the communism war in Asia. Mm -hmm. But missionaries brought us up to Portland. I was a really young age, so I lost all of my native language. Wow. And so pretty much raised there. I decided to move here right after I graduated from dental school in 2019. So as soon as I got my requirements, got off the check marks, I, the next day, got the U-Haul. We drove down here uh, to Vegas. Um, I actually ended up living with somebody I met on the plane, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> um, and then during that time when I was in school, I was already interviewing in Vegas, knowing that I would want to come down here. And I will say it was very hard leaving the connections I already had in Portland that I already built up with, you know, all my internships and my interviews and yeah. um, helping different programs and dental offices, and then coming up to a new city, not knowing anybody and trying to rebuild that. But, you know, interviewing during dental school, wow. I met my mentor, Dr. Bianca Vallejo. Immediately, we hit it off. We met on Instagram. And it was the vibes, honestly. And I knew she was the one that I could see myself following her pathway as well. Yeah. And um, started 2019, licensed September 2019. Um, December, I was offered partnership to open my office. COVID hit us, uh, delayed everything, but I think it was all in the right time because I grew the most during COVID being an emergency dentist and opened my office May 2021. And it's been up ever since. Um, very hard, obviously, always challenges when you start something new, but yeah. I'm I'm very blessed, very fortunate to be where I'm at. Nice. And so tell me, you were how old when you moved from Thailand? One. So One. I was still okay. baby. So you barely, barely knew it. Okay. So you, you, hard, you probably hardly even remember Thailand at all. Right? Yeah, I do not remember. I see some pictures. Yeah. My brothers remember more because I'm the youngest of four children. So it was uh, just my mom's single mother of four. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we all lost our language. And I feel like we've been kind of like an outcast all of our lives. Every time we would go to like a Chinese school, a Vietnamese school, we would always get in fights. So yeah. it just never worked out. <laughs> yeah. So you, you moved directly from Thailand to Portland, right? Yeah. And that's where you grew up. And what was life like growing up? You had four siblings. Yeah. Were you Were you into sports? Were you like loner were you popular yeah i think i was the ugly duckling to be honest <laughs> yeah um you know growing up we didn't have much we you know had i have a different dad than my siblings do mm -hmm. he kicked us out um police picked us up um we actually were in like my mom was actually in jail because like she has four children on the bus stop and 
thankfully we had the city's help welfare to really just get us a place to live uh, was and it in thailand or portland? no this was in portland, portland and so we always grew up just not having the toys or anything, just each other and making up games with our blankets even. So yeah. us joining sports or us doing anything extra was not in the picture yeah. and somewhat not introduced to us because, you know, we didn't grow up around other people who did that. Yeah. And so it was just really, you know, go to school, you got some friends to hang out with, go home, you know, and support my mom in any way. We all started working middle school, high school, because my mom wanted to achieve the American dream. She opened a Vietnamese sandwich deli, yeah. but we were all in there working during after school. So my brother uh, graduate, or my brother in high school, done at 2 p.m., picked me up from school by bus at 3 p.m. We would take the bus for another hour to get to this deli, get there around 5 p.m. My mom would go waitress and it's literally high school kids running this business. Wow. Like, you know, running the business. I'm the cashier. And that's what she broke me out of my shell of being shy. Yeah. She's like, you didn't say hi to them. You didn't greet them. <laughs> yeah. You didn't say thank you, have a great day, or thank you, come again. So that taught you customer service yes. right there. Yes. Yeah. And I was on the Oregonian on the step stool because I was so short. Yeah. So I am still now. But, you know, learning how to work with people yeah. and at the first experience of the customers always right which has now changed as i grow grown gotcha. older nice so then somewhere in high school or somewhere you got into dentistry so what made you want to pursue dentistry you know growing up with an immigrant parent i think any immigrant child or a child of immigrant parents can tell you they're always harping on you go to school study hard become a doctor or yeah. a social status job, right, sure. or profession. And that's the best they know, unfortunately, is to go that route. And so in my head as the youngest child, learning from the mistakes of my older siblings is that I do want to be good at school. And as I studied, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being that smart kid, right? Yeah. And feeling like, oh, I know information and feeling like I, education can never be taken away from me yeah. and really you know, we were in public school our whole life, but being able to leverage like, okay, what information can I take from each class and, you know, study hard and really ace my tests. Yeah. Unfortunately, that becomes a toxic cycle with a lot of ethnic families yeah. who, you know, go through that. Because of those really, really high standards. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in the beginning, my mom was super strict, but with my oldest brother, you know, he barely graduated high school, not in a condescending way, but he had the business to run with my yeah. mom's Vietnamese shop. He was the popular kid as well, yeah. you know, with the souped up car. And then, you know, we have my second oldest brother who also was in and out of high school interest. And, you know, they did what they had to do, which was also, you know, sometimes selling drugs, you know, you they go. don't do anymore. Okay. I'm okay saying that, <laughs> but, you know, no just doing other things so we can get by as kids because we don't have money that we can ask for our mom. Yeah, We feel bad asking her for money because we know how hard she works. Yeah, And so, um, you know, just coming from that aspect of, I want to be a doctor, 
but what kind of doctor? And having my or own oral health challenge challenges of crooked teeth, two silver front teeth for a really long time. Yeah. And just feeling embarrassed about, you know, smiling, talking, always covering my mouth if I'm laughing. Yeah. And that's how I know when I see other people covering their mouth, that's how I know that they may be self-conscious of their yeah. smile because I used to do that. And when I had the opportunity to get braces and just quickly, you know, became in love with my smile, I started joining leadership roles and um, other extracurricular clubs at my school, I knew that your smile is not just physical, but it's, you know, that emotional aspect of feeling yeah. confident in yourself again. And that's the same feeling that the same feeling that I got is the same feeling I want to give to other people. And it's not through braces, but it's through education of making them feel good. Nice. Yeah. So like for somebody who's wondering out there about how to improve their oral health, what would you say is like, if you had one, one thing you could tell somebody, you, they weren't going to be able to be a patient, they weren't going to be able to like yeah. work with you, but like, what would you say are like, what's a really important foundational thing in just taking care of your oral health? Seeing the dentist. <laughs> Seeing the dentist. Because, yeah. let me tell you, because one thing I learned about dentistry and going to dental school that I now retrospectively thought it could have improved for my mom is that you can have the most beautiful smile yeah. and you could not be feeling any pain at all. But de underneath of your gums, your bone can be deteriorating. Gotcha. It could create loose teeth for you that, you know, you may have a beautiful smile, but you would never know that's going on underneath until you saw the dentist and got those x-rays. So it's just not really something you can do by yourself properly. Exactly. Gotcha. You know, I always tell patients, I'm your missing link because a lot of patients do ask me, well, what can I do at home? Yeah you're doing everything you can, but I'm your missing link to make sure we're monitoring. Maybe you go to that dentist once and you're like, you've, you're told your your bone levels are good. Yeah. Okay, maybe you'll be okay, like moving on. I don't wanna condone that, but sometimes life happens and you don't get into the dentist. But, yeah. you know, for those people, you know, we were talking about fear of dentists. Yeah. And I always encourage people on social media and online to look at reviews, look them up, because you can learn a lot about that practice by, yeah. you know, doing some research. And the great thing about as you get older, you have that consumer power that you can choose who your doctor is. You can choose who you go to, to a certain extent, if you have insurance, obviously. You, you covered for me there. We were talking about my paralyzing fear of the dentist is yeah. what we were talking about. Right. But thank you for covering for me. <laughs> yes. So, okay. And so you that's kind of what got you in, into it. And then, you know, what was the first step? Was it right out of high school you needed to get into dental training? Absolutely. I had a great high school yeah. that already had that component of, it's called Health Occupation Students America. So they it was a technical school. Okay, so like right? a trade school. It was a yeah. trade school and it, they taught you the skills you needed. They gave you externships to go elsewhere. But again, that goal I set to become a dentist, I was 16 years old. Wow. And I was a sophomore in high school. So at that point, you know, starting early is important, but starting late is okay too. Yeah. I want to make sure we cover that. Yeah. Um, and it was a 10 year goal. And it takes a lot of that delayed gratification. So yeah. starting at 16 years old, getting into that dental program, learning the dental assisting, because that's what the program was geared towards, dental assisting. Right. But externing as a student, you know, getting started early on your connections, uh, because 
you know, you meet somebody, you don't know what role they will play later on. And I think that's important. So when you decide you want to become a dentist, start shadowing dental offices, yeah. making sure this is what you want to do. I've met so many people in college that said they wanted to be dentists or doctors. They got in college, learned that that was not for them. They switched yeah. out. And then don't get stuck because when you're in dental school, you have all this debt. So yeah, well, it's kind of too late at that point. So start doing your research. Sometimes that was like me with cooking. I mean, sometimes yeah. the idea of doing something and what the job actually entails is is really different. I mean, I thought like cooking, oh, that sounds really fun to be a yeah. chef. Turns out I like hated it. Yeah. It, was, it was not very fun when you're actually doing it 40, 50, 60 hours a week and all of that. So I mean, to that point is finding that person or the mentor that you can ask those questions, right? Yeah. And I tell my dental students when they're looking for jobs, don't just look at the position, look at the lifestyle. Yeah. Is that what you want? Because, you know, that plays an important role in how you're going to develop as, you know, that dentist yeah. or whatever you want to become. For me is that I interviewed, when I was a dental student, I interviewed for these jobs I interviewed several dentists and a lot of them were like, okay, I could do this job. I think I would be okay because I, I'm the type of person, I make a good situation out of anything. Yeah. And, but when I met Dr. Vallejo, she was a woman. She was the owner doctor. She was a mom and she was, you know, had a great family. So I saw that in myself of, okay, not only do you, did you do your research by actually talking to somebody about this yeah. you know, job or position or career that you want, but did you study their lifestyle and can they teach you how to get that and achieve yeah. that? Because it, it, yeah, I, I can understand that because it wasn't really just about getting that title of being a dentist. It was about, does this person actually really have a life that I could see myself like wanting to trade places with? Would I want to yeah. have what she has in her whole life, not just in her career? So, right. Yeah. And it's like when we talk about success, you know, success is not our job. Success is the results we get from what we do, right? Yeah. And like, that's the goals, right? What is your goals? Is it to just grow your business or what What results from that? Yeah, definitely. So how important would you say mentors have been for you on your path to success? I think it changed my whole perspective. As I you know, shared earlier, I thought and considered myself the smart kid, the smarty pants. Yeah. But you get into this toxic mental uh, mentality with that because you start to think you know everything, yeah. right? And when I started to meet leaders that were in different arenas, not just dentistry, talking about what true success is, is, you know, having that family, having time to yourself or other aspects that I didn't think about. And they didn't have to have this super cool social status to earn this money or earn this for their family that humbled me that I didn't know everything and yeah. it humbled me that I need to better myself into becoming a leader, not a boss. Yeah. And so the mentors that I have around me are in different arenas in e-commerce or dentistry and, and doing other things than just one business. Yeah, right. That and, and that humbles me a lot to know, like, I don't have it all. Yeah. I need to learn more. And they taught me that it's okay to not be the smartest person in the room because you don't want to be. You want to be in rooms that you can learn from other people. And now as I go through in life, I want to be that person that I can always learn from someone in the room um, and not have to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, 
that definitely makes sense. Yeah. So like now that you've, you know, obviously you're still not the smartest person in the room, but now that you've had some success and you've built a great business, what advice would you, if you could talk to 16 year old Lulu, what mm -hmm. advice would you have to her? And what advice do you have to other young people that want to build a successful career and like a well-balanced life? It's about staying true to yourself. What makes you happy, right? You know, maybe you find a job and you, we hear online a lot. Somebody finds a job, they get paid hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars, but they're not happy, right? Money is not the key to success. It's finding the fruits around it, yeah. like family, relationships. And for me, that's what I need to know is like staying true to myself, like what's going to make me happy. And it's yeah. it's doing good for other people, even if I'm not the richest person or the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And what I had to go through a lot was identity negotiation of, you know, myself as I get older, can I be that same person? And I'm reading this book about unlearn, it's by Humble the Poet, and it talks about creating and, uh, you know, destroying self and creating self of these cycles where, you know, your every version of yourself serves a purpose. Yeah. And you killing that off to grow into your new self is about leaving your comfort zones of into this next step. And for me, it's like, me moving to Las Vegas was that killing that old self for that new self of when I move to Las Vegas, I'm going to have to start brand new. People are not going to know who I am. I'm going to have to make sure, you know, when I when I meet people, you know, are am I conveying the person I want to be? Am I conveying my brand as well? Yeah. And and just going through these phases in life that it's okay to, you know, quote unquote, switch up. Yeah, because you know the pathway that you're forging is going to be better for your family or for your future. Um, and I always give this example to you know my associates is that you know old me in in college wrote straight up wrote bitch in an email. <laughs> New me would never do that, right? So it's understanding like okay, I did some mistake. Yeah, how can I learn from that? But now staying, you know polish like how can you keep polishing yourself better every year that is one of those funny things that they they never teach you is like proper email communication right like i find that all the time with newer young people that i work with mm -hmm. is like okay it's, it's not texting it's a little yeah. different yeah. it's a little more formal yeah. you need to be a little bit more like complete sentences oh it was a mean email it was yeah. like i was trying to call her out <laughs> Yeah. But I was just straight up was like, you're, you're a B. And, you <laughs> now know, you know how to do that in a professional Exactly. Yeah, you know, gotcha. if I'm that person in the friend group that I do the professional clapbacks, yeah. you know, they own lash businesses. So I'm the I'm the person that does the professional <laughs> clapbacks. I'm the person that build their resumes, nice. you know, and do all of that for the person. So, That's awesome. you know, just like growing, like you don't have to be that same old self but you can still have your 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 same characteristics yeah. but in a better way to serve serve more people. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about the importance of really keeping your identity and having your identity so that you're not just a dentist but you you're really the person that you want to be. So for you Lulu, you're a woman, you're um first generation immigrant, mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, what other challenges do you find that women and immigrants tend to face in starting their own businesses in the US? Not just starting our own businesses, but even getting in roles that yeah. are in the leadership team or even 
CEOs, directors, or that even that board, right? I think it's hard for women of color to feel almost marginalized because maybe we grew up, grew up in a different culture that we speak differently, or yeah. we're more candid, or you know, um, you know, fight fighting the urge to fit in and fighting the urge to just say yes, but to feel like that again that compromise of hey. I know I'm valued more than this. Yeah. And I think that's hard for immigrants because we work so hard to just fit in and just just do what the boss says or oftentimes being taken advantage of. Yeah. So how do we overcome that? It's really being our true selves and valuing and understanding what value we bring and being confident in that. We yeah. don't have to be like other people to succeed in the same roles that they play, but we can you know, be our true selves and be authentic and use that as the value to the company, the organization, and grow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because if, if somebody's having issues being comfortable just being themselves, they're never going to be able to be a great leader because you, you've got to just be able to set that aside and lead people. So, yeah. And it takes a tough skin because you'll get into environments where you are the odd one out. Yeah. Like, just like dental school, I felt that you know, I, I was always a different person or like the vocal person yeah. and people didn't like that. And I like to share more and more stories. And I love when pe other women of color share their stories because we want to make sure that people understand that maybe incidents or microaggressions that happen to them at work is common and it's okay to s speak out in a professional way. <laughs> yeah, in a professional way. Well, in a you, professional way, yes. You can teach them how. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, honestly, that's that's everything because, I mean, if somebody's being mistreated in the work environment or not getting the opportunity they deserve, if they do just flip out and yeah. call a person a bitch, that yeah. might just make it worse. Yeah. But if they address it like in the proper way, that could really get some progress there. Yeah. So what... um. What advice do you have for other women that are looking to just build a successful career, open their own business like you have? Uh, first, learn accountability. That was the hardest thing coming from an associate dentist to the owner. Yeah. Learning to how to say, hey, I'm going to take responsibility for that, even if it's not your fault, right? Because now everything falls on you. So to who much is given much is responsible, right? Yeah. And so if you don't learn that first aspect of that personal growth, you can't get to the next step because a lot of it is mental and that personal growth of, can you be the owner? Can you be someone that everyone relies on? And are you okay with that? And I think that was the, the most learning curve that I had to go through as becoming the owner is that now I'm, I'm responsible for people's livelihoods. I'm responsible with the new generation being their first job experience, how yeah. how am I going to influence that? And once people learn that you can't grow until you grow yourself, like it doesn't happen. I do A and B, then I get C. Yeah, C happens when you're doing A and B. Yeah, and so that personal growth was very important for me to become the best leader as I can be, but still understand that I have so much more to grow. Nice. And how? Where do you feel like you got that personal growth? Was it? books you read? Was it the mentors you learned from? Like, how did that really happen for you? It was the mentors, a lot of props to my brother. He was always in different odd jobs, odd trades, real estate, 2008, you know, um, his house got foreclosed. 
my mom's house got foreclosed. Um, then he tried to do MMA, so like jujutsu. Then he tried to do poker. So my oldest brother was always my favorite. I always followed him in the car. He, again, he was that popular kid. Everyone wanted yeah. to be around. Then he taught me, you know, don't buy things uh, to impress people that you don't like. You know, then he started molding himself around the mentors and business people he got around. And so for him to stick to something that I that I, I was encouraged to come around too. And then again, be humbled by these leaders who've got great results for their life and their family. Yeah. And, you know, them um, suggesting books to read, right? So it was a combination of mentorship and books. Um, a lot of people don't like self-help books and audiobooks yeah. is the new thing. And um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think there should any, I think audiobooks are great, or you can listen to podcasts like this one, yeah. or you can, you know, uh, I follow a lot of inspirational people as well. Yeah. And so Instagram is not a whole bad thing as uh, if you use it to what you need it for. Yeah. I think it really all just depends on where your mindset's at. If you're, if you're willing to grow and learn, or if mm -hmm. you're not, because I can remember a time where I hated self-help books, where it felt like somebody was forcing to me to read it. And I think during that period, I was just not really ready to grow and ready to be working on myself because now that's like all I all I read. But when you're not trying to learn and grow and somebody's yeah. telling you all of this stuff, it sounds like, all right, yeah, I get it, shut up. You yeah, know? it's a two-way street. And a lot of it is that we don't want to hear the truth, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Is that It's a lot of truth-seeking of this is what your life is going. This is what you're doing. This is where you might be wasting your time. Yep. But it's being okay with yeah. accepting the truth. You have to be ready yeah. to hear that. <laughs> you know, sometimes somebody might tell you something that is dead on, but if you're not ready to hear it yet, you'll you'll come up with whatever, you'll do whatever mental gymnastics you need to do to be like, yeah, it doesn't apply to me. They just don't understand me. They don't get me. When really they're dead on. You're just not ready to hear it. Yet. Yes, 100%. Yeah. It's definitely a two-way street. For sure. And so, you know, we're talking about hustlers. That's a very small population. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is when Edwin called me and the first question he asked was, so when with, when you're with your close friends, what do you guys talk about? And I straight up said, we talk about pop culture. We talk about, you know, celebrity gossip. We talk about, you know, just, we just talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that grounds me as a dentist. I'm in this professional world, but who do I serve? The common person yeah. who may not be the hustler, right? How do I communicate? How do I connect with them and create this relationship? Is because, you know, I have a well-rounded life where I have these friends that I can have those conversations with. And yeah. the most recent visit we went to Portland, you know, we're just wa watching music videos in the background. We're cooking. We're, you know, just hanging out, really. It doesn't have to be business, you know, being a successful person, you're not 100% business all the time. Right. You know, there has to be some outlet that you have as well. And, you know, my husband was like, if you could hang out with any rapper, who would it be? And so we just had this whole conversation of like who we <laughs> would hang out with. And it was, it was really fun. And it, you know, it makes it easy for me to talk to other people. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you're not if you're not being yourself and you're not doing the things that you enjoy, yeah. then you can only give it 100% at your career for so long, you know, yeah. because if you can't also just enjoy your life, well, it's it's like, how long are you gonna be able to hate your job? That's actually right. when it becomes a job, yeah, is when you, when you start not enjoying it, so. Well, 
Um, you mentioned that, you know, your husband and you, you talked a little bit about rappers, but um, how long have you guys been together? We've been together for almost two years now. Wait, we met, man, I don't, it feels forever because like I told you, we call each other husband and wife because yeah. we know we're getting married. Mm -hmm. So it's been almost two years. We met in 2020, yeah. actually. And so it's, uh, it's, it's been, especially because we met during COVID, we just spent so much time together. Yeah. And I always thought I was like that single independent person person i think that was always hard for us to link up because i was like nah i'm cool off you yeah and so he lives predominantly in atlanta but we we travel back and forth very often and as i was sharing that when i keep my life dynamic and again having those different diverse friends um i think i enjoy the grind more because i'm like okay i've had my little taste of fun it's time yeah. to get back to work nice and so you guys are, you've been making the long distance work. What would you say is the most important thing in making a long distance relationship work? Trust. Yeah. Absolutely. And things you have in your personal relationships, those qualities and traits, you learn that with your also, if you have, if you're owner too. Yeah. And so I think that's important to make sure you're good in your personal life because that always conveys to your professional life too. Yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning when it's a good fit and for me that i've always you know for when i was dating i've always allowed things to happen that i was not cool with and then i started to learn to speak up for myself just as i do in the professional world speak up for myself and be like yeah. nah, i'm not cool with it so it's it's this or that and I, and i'm okay with that right if you pick the latter i'm all right with that but if you're not doing what i have expectations as in a relationship then it's not going to work. The funny thing is, that's the same thing in your, your professional life. You have these expectations. Are you meeting them? Are people meeting them? If they're not, then it's not going to work. Yeah, definitely. Well, what are some of your future goals? I mean, in life and business, what do you yeah. see? Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? I definitely see myself starting a family. You know, I think that's important that I've really grown myself where I've done so much professional, professional, professional that I haven't given time to myself of like what I really want in life. And we were talking about the results you get from success and that success is being able to provide for a family as well. And so it's kind of stepping out of, you know, my hundred percent role in not only the owner, but the provider, the dentist, you know, back yeah. office, the support and being able to, create a business that is self-sufficient that it can be in and out yeah and be able to um start a family and build a family as well That's awesome. building it building a business is similar to building a family in yeah. my head i think because i did building a business first i called my office my baby yeah and so i'm like okay i'm putting that same mentality of how what is it like going to build a family yeah <laughs> I hear you. But you have a family, so you, I guess you could share a little bit about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I I have a wife that I've been married to now for a couple of years, and we just found out that we're having a baby. So we're going to get into that. <laughs> Congratulations. <whole> we're <laughs> going to get into learning about all of that. But I've always looked at it the same way as, you know, um, I think the most important things in taking care of my business is really taking care of my top level um managers and employees on my business because i know that if i take great care of them i treat them really really well and i make sure that i'm 
a great example in the way that I manage them and lead them, that they'll have a great example then of how to, you know, carry that to the mid-level managers and our clients and everything like that. So I think right now in, um, in my family, the most important thing that I'm doing, the approach that I'm taking is I need to really step my game up in how well I treat my wife and mm -hmm. how supportive I am with my wife and everything mm -hmm. like that. Because obviously I'm going to take care of the, the baby too, but she's going to be the primary parent who's spending mm -hmm. the most time with our child and everything like that. So I need to treat her incredibly well, make sure she's always getting everything that she needs and really well supported. And if I do that, then she's going to do the exact same thing for our baby. I mean, she would do that for our baby, even if I dropped dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I think, my my role today. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with that. Nice. Well, for you, I mean, we've gone over a lot, but what would you say is like one of the most valuable lessons that you've had to learn in your life that you think everybody should learn or experience at some point in their lives? That's a hard question. You know, because I, I feel like I've been through a lot. Yeah. And um, I think for me, when I see the younger, again, I'm always talking about the younger people because I always want to bring value to people who may look at us and yeah. see what their next step is. But when I was younger, I was on the bus for like four, like for seven years before I could afford a car. And the hard thing about, social media nowadays is the younger people don't want to work hard or put in that effort to be low-key, be off-screen uh, because it's in their face, right? And so maybe we had the privilege of not having social media back in the day at such easy access, yeah. but understanding that it, it does take work, it does take hours, it does take sacrifices. Um, and I use that example the most because I I was commuting to college hour and a half each way to Southeast Portland to North Portland, hour and a half transferring three bus lines. Um, even if it's raining, the Northwest is known to rain a lot. Even when it's cold, I was taking the bus. Then I got an opportunity to have an internship, but two days were in the next day over Vancouver, Washington. Wow. And um, they have a whole different transit system and on drive it's 20 minutes bus line three four hours but i liked them i said i have reliable transportation but i woke up at 5 a.m every day to take the portland transit system transfer over to the washington vancouver transit system walked a couple of miles to get to that job you know every week two times a week but i made it happen and a lot of times that kids and younger people nowadays want to go in that debt just to get that fancy car, right? But I was in my 20s doing that. And it does take that 10 years to have that one year of like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm living a decent life. And I think that's really hard for people to grasp that, that vision nowadays of, I can do all of this, but not now. I will. Yeah. And it's okay if you're not doing it right now. And I think um, I want to make sure I encourage that for other people. It's okay to be off screen. It's okay to be low key. It's okay to not have the shiniest car or jewelry or bags, but do what's right for you and make those smart decisions. I love that. Yeah. 
Well, it was awesome getting to speak to you today, Lulu. Yeah. And you have a pretty incredible story. So if, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for people to connect with you? The best way is Instagram, dr.lulutang. Um, again, uh, that's dr.lulutang. So, Dr. Yeah. And a lot of people do hit me up about dental questions or, you know, I personally help people myself scheduling. So again, I'm on there so people aren't afraid of the dentist <laughs> um, and get to know me and my team as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you've helped me get a lot less afraid of the dentist. Good. So thank you. But Lulu, thank you so much. And I uh, really appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate being here.